The 33 is for Larry Bird, because Larry Bird's the greatest basketball player of all time. Game straight. Good morning, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> How's the cold? Uh, it's good. It's pretty much gone. Uh, it it clung, clung to life for as long as it could, but I think I've uh, managed to uh, overcome it. So Good news. Good for the weekend, I hope. Good, good news. Good for the weekend. That is good news. That's great news. So what do you got news. this weekend? Uh, I'm all over the place. I'm going to Portland on uh, Friday, and I'm doubling up on Saturday doing uh, the Class E final in Freeport, between Diego and Freeport, and then uh, and on up to Taranoff, a uh, little Freiburg Levitt action. Nice. So going to be busy. Lucky you. You are the <laughs> luckiest man on the face of it. You're, you're headed to Portland tomorrow night, you said? Absolutely. It sounds like the weather's going to be absolutely delightful again. Yeah, I'm really, I'm looking forward. That's why they have that really, you know, that, that sturdy press box down there, you know, that it's not like you're going to fall through the floor in it at any point in time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm not going to be too proud. I'll probably be, probably be up there in the shelter for sure. Uh, I, I, I've learned in my old age not to, not to pass up uh, shelter in crummy weather. Yeah, that's um. I'm still like I said. I I'm still lean on that. My right pinky's still not feeling it from the Wyndham Portland Regional Final last year, and we're going on um. Uh, I believe 365 days now where the feeling hasn't returned to that one. So, <laughs> I'm. I guess I, I I'm officially related at this point to David Price. We're, we're the Raidnod uh, disease. Uh, yeah, twins, you can't pitch. You, know. you can't pitch. I can't. I can't You're pitch out. in Yankee Stadium either. So You're that's out. a that's a wrap for me. That's. That's all I can do, I guess. Um, Oxford Hills has a real legitimate chance here for folks, just just so they know. And I need I need someone who's not, you know, someone who's not probably going to, you know, wave the flag as much as I will. But I think Oxford Hills has a very good chance to go to the state final. I mean, Portland is really good, and I'm not going to be shocked if Portland wins. But this Oxford Hills team, it's been a while. You're talking about two hungry teams. This ought to be, regardless of what the weather is tomorrow night, this ought to be a real tough battle between these two squads. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were both at the first game at Gwine, and and uh, you know that was that was down the wire, and, and really could have gone either way. Uh, Portland just did a better job executing its game plan, did a better job of uh, executing at the, the end of the first half there, and got a got a field goal out of it that ultimately was the difference on the scoreboard. Uh, they had two long drives to start each half, but. That were, you know, I'm sure the way their coach Jim Hartman drew them up, you know, <laughs> just uh, take nine minutes off the off the off the clock and and get in the end zone and, and keep uh, Colton Carson, well, at least keep the offense off the field. Colton Carson, of course, plays defense and plays very well. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Oxford Hills needs to needs to get off the field on third down. I mean, that's. You know, and, and part of what's going to help that is, is you know, keeping Zach Elowich to, to mi- minimal gains on first and second. That's easier said than done, especially against the, you know, when he's running behind a very good offensive line. But, uh, you know, Portland, Portland is what it is. It, they're a one-dimensional team offensively. It's Zach Elowich left, Zach Elowich right, Zach Elowich up the middle. It works pretty darn well for him, though. But, if you know, if you can – if you can uh, Get them in some third-long situations. That helps your defense out a great deal. Uh, as far as Oxford Hills' offense, they they need to execute better than they did that night. Colin Carson had an off night. You have to you have to credit Portland's defense for that in part. They have a very good defense. They're standing and putting uh, pressure on the quarterback, 
And they did to some degree that night. Uh, Carson, I think, was only sacked once or twice all night. Uh, so uh, Oxford's offensive line did a pretty decent job of protecting him. But the big thing that they did was, uh, uh, from what Coach Hartman was, was saying after the game, they took away uh, a, a, the counterplay that, that Oxford likes to use, likes to use with, with Carson running the ball. It gets him to the second level of the defense where, you know, for a guy who's 6'6", he can be pretty elusive and pretty fast and tough to catch and tough to bring down once you get to him. So, uh, you know, just that execution, I think, on Oxford Hill's part will, will make a big difference. They can keep the turnovers to a minimum. Uh, that will obviously help a great deal. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely a, a tight game. Portland has, has the, uh, the pedigree. They've been here before. Uh, but, you know, Oxford Hills, in terms of football, uh, hasn't, you know, it's their first regional final since 2000, from what I understand. But, you know, these kids have played in some pretty big games in some other sports, and, and they know how to handle those, uh, those big situations. So, um, yeah, I think we're in for a great game on Friday night. Hey, Randy, wh- what have you seen in the football playoffs that surprised you? Any, any big surprises? In terms of teams or? Yeah, teams. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you gotta say Oak Hill. Uh, that's gotta be the first one that you point to as a, as a seven seed coming up to, uh, you know, face Wells in, in the regional final. Um, you know, it's tempered somewhat because I think all year anyone who looked at Class D and played, paid close attention to it knew that there wasn't a lot of, a, lot, a big gap between, you know, the, the number two team and, and the number seven team. Uh, and Oxford, uh, Oak Hill had shown it was, you know, fairly close all season long. They had so many close games all year, two-point games that they lost, one-point games that they lost. Uh, and, uh, you know, Stacey Doucette's a terrific coach. He knew that over time he would, he would be able to, to get his team to, to make those, do those small things that get you over the top in those close games. Uh, they've also got one of the best players in Class D, if not the best player in Class D, outside Tyler Bridge. Uh, and Gavin Roster and their quarterback, and that helps. They've also developed some depth on their lines. Uh, they've they've uh, upped the tempo on their offense a little bit. Uh, so uh, you know that you would have to turn them a surprise just in terms of where they would were seated coming into the, to these playoffs. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, other than that, I think it's you know I think it's held pretty well to form. Class B North was kind of a Toss up going into the playoffs, and here we have the the number three and four seeds going at it for for that regional title. But I think you know everyone thought that was a possibility going into the season. So uh, yeah, you would definitely you would definitely have to term Old Kill as the biggest surprise in the playoffs so far. Although I'd like to say who who knew that Herman and Nakomis would be playing for the yeah for the Northern Division title. Yeah, that's that, that's a good point. Those aren't exactly the first uh, two schools that that come to mind when you look at the Class C North. That's for sure. But hey, credit to them. I I I covered the Nokomis program a little bit when I was with the KJ, and uh, you know you could see that they were starting to get on the cusp of of at least being a contending team. They were you know around five hundred, a little bit below five hundred back three four years ago, but. Uh, hey, you know, they had their first playoff win last year, and, and here they are on the verge of perhaps their first state game. So kudos to them. seems to me that Herman 
really, their program came alive really quickly. Do you, do you remember yeah. how long they'd been in football? It hasn't been very long. It's only I been, what, five, five years yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, Nokomis is a fairly new program, but I don't think, I think they've been around longer than Herman has. Herman, yes, they have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were, uh, weren't they playing a, a class or two down, uh, you know, a few years ago, if I recall correctly? Yeah, so yes. yeah, it's a fairly new program. Because whenever you get a, a program that's going to be new to a school, sometimes, you know, you get that push from underneath that suddenly some kids are high school age and they want to get going. Well, there's your enthusiasm right there. And then the key will be, can you hold on to that later on once those kids yep. are gone? And yep. so far, it looks to me like they've been able to, to get through at least one cycle. If, if they're into that fifth or sixth year, now is the key time. It looks like they've passed that, that hurdle. Yep. Yeah, you're right, Dave. I, and I don't know what kind of uh, youth program they had in place when they started the varsity program, but I suspect it was it was pretty solid at that point. Um, some of these schools that, that dove headfirst into into varsity football uh, didn't make sure to to have that feeder system solidly in place before they before they dove into varsity football, and, and they're paying the the price now. Uh, perhaps Herman had that in place. And, uh, you know, that has been maintained that enthusiasm. Nothing better than winning to maintain it, that's oh, for sure. For sure. Well, you know, you get a that suburban bedroom community just outside of Bangor and Brewer. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at that. Uh, they're going to have some pretty solid footing athletically. You know, you get some people who live out that way and work in Bangor and Brewer and don't want to live in the, have their kids go to the little bigger schools. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice. Yep, oh, absolutely. Talking to Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Follow him on Twitter, Raw Material 33. I believe, I, I'm going to say this, I, I said this after the Buffalo game, and Coach got taken a little back by it, but I think he, he believed me after last week's game. I firmly believe this might be the best Patriots defense since they beat the Seahawks. Uh, that's a pretty low bar, man. <laughs> well, look, I'm not comparing this yeah. to the Willie McGinnis, Teddy Bruschi uh, defenses, but I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty safe bet. And it might be, you know, that defense there was good, but you know, if you look statistically, Gilmore is actually is actually better this year than Revis was oh, that yeah. year. Oh yeah. So yeah. you know, I'm just throwing that out there for folks. Uh, there are elements there. I mean, geez, if you get if you get trapped. Trey Flowers to play like he did the other night. I mean, that's that's big. He was a beast. Again. So was Adrian Claiborne. Yeah, Adrian Claiborne too. Lawrence Guy's, you know, arguably been the the defensive MVP this year. He's been incredible this year. Uh, you know, uh, the linebackers Van Noy's playing very well. I think. Um, you know, High Tower. You know, I, I think it's pretty clear his his best days are behind him. Um, but just his presence alone, I think, adds to that defense. Uh, secondary, you know, I mean, it still has his questions beyond Gilmore, I think. But, uh, you, know, you know, you could be right. I mean, and, and really in today's NFL, what do you need from a defense anyway? You just need him to make a couple stops. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all they're allowed by the NFL now anyway. If, it's like if you, if you have two three-and-outs in a game, you're, you're out of your coach's challenges or something. It's... You know, it's ridiculous what the game's like now, but hey, if the Patriots can can have that kind of defense that can get them a couple stops, make a, a key stop, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, I'm fine with that. 
Talking with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Hey, Randy, the uh, Celtics are six and four. Are you are you panicking or? Uh, way too early to panic. I never panic about basketball before Christmas. <laughs> um, there's, you know, I mean, I trust Brad Stevens to to figure this out. He's got so many different parts and so many guys who are, you know, seeing dramatic changes in their roles from just, you know, five six months ago. Um, and you know, we're hearing various reports about their willingness to accept those roles. You know, most notably Terry Rozier. And you know, I suspect if if any of that becomes a problem, if ego becomes a problem, I think Danny will address it. Um, you know, there's just who knows? Maybe Charles Barkley was right. Maybe there's too much talent on that. Team. That's what Maddie know. said this morning. Too much. Yep. Yeah, it could be. You know, I mean, they've got to figure some, some roles out for these guys and find out if they're willing to, to fit into them because you can't just have, you know, every guy going out there trying to get theirs anytime they touch the ball. Uh, Tatum looks kind of lost right now. I don't think he really knows what they expect him to do when he's out there. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown's been, been up and down. I, I'm not really sure he's... No, hundred percent clear on what what he's expected to do. I think both those uh, guys. You're right. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, if, if if they can, you know, get through this patch, you know, for the next month or two with with Kyrie, you know, kind of carrying carrying them through in terms of you know the offense and, and the big shots and stuff. Keep in mind, the same thing pretty much happened last year, right? I mean, you know, the first half of the season, it was basically Kyrie bailing the butts out of a lot of a lot of games, and that's been the case uh, the last week or so. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not freaking out. Uh, uh, you know, let's let's wait until January until you know until we really have an idea of of what Brad Stevens is trying to do before we uh, before we freak out about their record. I, I think it will come, but. You know, certainly need to keep an eye on it because because there are so many different parts and, and a lot of egos there. Seems like the defense hasn't been what we what I expected anyway. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of guys running around taking open shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know the thing that it was weird early in the season. Every, uh, you know, all the bloggers and stuff were saying, "Oh, look how low you know the points per allowed per game is compared to the rest of the league." Look at their, you know, defensive ratings and stuff compared to the rest of the league. And I'm, I'm watching the games and saying, you know, I don't really see it. I, I don't think they're anywhere close to being as good no. defensively as they were towards the end of last year, or as they could be this year. Um, so, you know, that that may be, you know, a bigger riddle for Brad Stevens to solve than than the offensive struggles that they've had. Uh, you know, for this team to be able to. I think reach its full potential. It needs to start with the defense first. Defense wins championships, from what I hear. That's what I heard. That's what I. That's the rumor. <laughs> that's what I hear. All right. So who do you, who is the Red Sox closer next year? Uh, hopefully not Craig Kimbrell. Okay, so it's probably not going to be Craig Kimbrell. So who do you who do you think? I can't see them trusting Kelly with that role. Can you? I just I don't see them giving him 
the reins as a closer. I, I, I haven't really been paying that close attention, but I thought I was hearing some, some things about not really closer by committee again, which, God, I hope they don't do that. But not really going into the season with a set closer or, you know, basing it more on matchups or, I you know, uh, whatever it is, whoever it is, I hope they don't overpay for them. That's the bottom line. I think the biggest mistake the GMs make now is overpaying for relief pitching in general and closers in particular. Uh, I think there are too much, too many wild cards uh, in the mix for you to to blow a bunch of money on on a closer salary or a reliever salary. So you know, if they go into next season with you know this guy, you know X. Tenuously being the closer, even Joe Kelly being tenuously designated the closer, but it's a fluid situation. Uh, I'm fine with that. I think they probably do need to have roles defined as they as they go into the season. If they take their time figuring that out, that's fine. But they need to figure it out, you know, in the first half of the season. Uh, just don't don't blow a lot of money going after whoever's I don't you know whoever the other free agents are is, is there much of a much of a choice out there I don't want Mark Melanson you know well maybe they'll get really excited maybe they can get themselves a uh, like a Fernando Rodney oh, you know God. I think it's gonna be Brazier think so yep oh, that's interesting yeah, that's that's a possibility. Maybe Kelly. They, Kelly is the setup guy. Or Who knows? I could see but. them starting with Kelly and then having yeah. him not worry about it. You know, I, I, you know what I mean. Like I could see them saying, "Okay, Kelly's our guy," and then he struggles, and then they, you know, Brazier comes in and fixes. I mean, I don't think Hideki Okajima was ever meant to be their closer. No. Yeah, it seemed to work no, out okay for you in 2013. Yeah, I think that worked. He was like their fourth choice here. I mean, Koji, yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's you know, you never know. You, you know, injuries. Guys just don't, you know, just can't get out anymore. And a lot of times, you end up with your your second or your third option at closer. Um, you know, again, that's why I I don't like spending throwing a ton of money around for for closer. So you know, I'm fine if they don't bring back they Daniel. Don't try to replace Kimball with a big name. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just, I just want to get through the rest of the. Uh, I just want to get through the rest of the Yankees offseason without finding out somebody else is having surgery. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah, I saw about Sanchez last night. Yeah. that's too bad. Yeah, I'm real. Uh, I'm real excited about that. I'm real excited hey, to see. Hey, CC's done after this year, though. So there's that. Yeah, real excited about that too. That's good. So when when he can give them a solid three innings in the playoffs again next year, they'll be. Can't wait. Really, He's really depressed. Randy. Really excited about the whole thing. I want to be excited, but I'm not for some reason. I don't oh, know they pick up uh, what's his name from Washington UBL Jack. Yeah, they again. won't. They won't. They won't pick up anybody that I want them to pick up. They'll pick up Patrick Corbin. He'll become the new Ed Whitson, Javier Vasquez, AJ Burnett, Sonny Gray, and we'll just continue rolling on. Yep, that's what I'm. Randy, you and I are all right with that, aren't we? I feel like you guys are fine with it. Dave, I want them to sign Harper, Machado. I want them to exhume Luke Gehrig and reanimate him and get him in the lineup. <laughs> I want them to spend as much money on offense as they possibly can because God knows they need more home run hitters. Yeah, they need to yeah. be able to hit more yeah. home runs. If they can do that, they'd be okay, yeah. right? That's Fine. What they need. 
Michael Hoffer from The Forecaster joins us next. Randy, thank you very much. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow night and on Saturday, probably. All right, cool. Take care. See you later. Thank you. That's Randy Whitehouse from Sun Journal, sunjournal.com.